attention, please. This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive 3 until 6 p.m. weekdays on the Sports Hub. I love it. It's brilliant. On today's show, we'll talk to perhaps the most fun and charismatic member of the Carolina Hurricanes, Jordan Martinook, who will be joining us in just a little bit. After that, we've got two big show announcements, so be sure to stay tuned for that. The Hurricanes know their opponent for the Eastern Conference Finals now. It is the Boston Bruins, and I feel like this matchup couldn't be better from both a hockey and rating standpoint for the National Hockey League. It's the purest example I can think of in recent memory of the lovable small market underdogs facing the original six big city bullies. The Carolina Hurricanes, they're called the bunch of jerks, but that's only because Don Cherry said so, and the reason Don Cherry said so is because they were having a little bit too much fun, and you can't be a bunch of young men expressing yourself out of the joy of winning. So that's why the Carolina Hurricanes are a bunch of jerks, proverbially. They have a pig named Hamilton. They haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years. Southern hospitality. An underdog that not many people know about. Nationally speaking, even people who follow the sport probably won't be able to name a current Carolina Hurricane. On the Boston Bruins end of things, the city of Boston has won 12 12 championships in the four major sports alone since 2002. Patriots are responsible for half of those. Then you got the Bruins winning one, the Celtics winning one, and let's not forget about the Boston Red Sox winning four of those, 2004, 2007, and then two in the last decade, including the most recent one in 2018. Boston also has a couple of dirty players on their team. I don't say that lightly, but whenever those lists come out, the most disliked players, the most hated players in the National Hockey League, Boston has a couple of them on the roster. They have a player named Wes McAvoy, who might be suspended for Game 1 because of a hit he had last night in Game 6 against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Then you have Brad Marchand, who has been around for a while, and he's a snaky-looking guy. If you look at a photo of Brad Marchand, that just looks like somebody who's a little slimy and sketchy. He sounds like somebody who would be sketchy, Brad Marchand. Then you actually hear the guy speak, and it's not any better. This is from the Canadian broadcast, Sportsnet, either Sportsnet or Hockey Night in Canada last night, their coverage of the Bruins-Columbus Blue Jackets game. It's a post-game interview. It's being done on the ice. And it was a very short interview because of the smugness of one Brad Marchand. Thanks, Jim. Brad, you said after the third game of the series, there's no panic in the room. What can you say about the way your group handled the next three games and ultimately advancing to the conference final? We did a good job. No, Tuka Rask was saying, this core isn't getting any younger. What do you make of the opportunity that lies ahead of you? It's been fun. So I see where this is going here. I'll ask you one more about your line. It got back together. You had said the chances over there were just starting to bury it these last few games. What kind of zone are you three in? We're good. Thanks. <laughs> well, that was worth it, Jim. Oh. <laughs> what? what was that? We had three answers that combined for eight words. Eight words on three answers from Bad- Brad Marchand, who just won the series to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, you don't have the luxury of video here listening to this format, but it's not Marshawn Lynch who's upset because he has to talk to reporters. Brad Marchand, he's smiling as he does it. There's a smugness to it, and that's who the Canes are dealing with. So the Hurricanes, they're the lovable bunch. They're the underdog team. They're from the smaller uh they're the smaller franchise that's won one title, but Boston's in a town that's won a couple of Super Bowls in recent years, 12 championships since 2012. Uh, they've already won World two championships in the last six months. 
Nobody wants the Bruins to win. They're the most loathed sports town in America. And on top of that, you have a player who nearly got thrown out last night, might be suspended for game one because of a dirty hit, hit to the helmet. And you have this Brad Marchand character who isn't helping things because he's being smug to reporters before and after games. Yes, Dad. The triad knows that there are few things that I actually detest more than the Duke Blue Devils. The city of Boston and all of their sports teams are right there. All of their sports teams? Patriots. Celtics. I guess you could throw the Bruins on here now because this Brad Marchand guy's got yeah. to hit the point where and I'm like, And they're in the way of our hurricane. I want to fight now. They're in the way of our hurricane. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm actually, what I'm saying to you is I think you What about the Red have, Sox? What hate do you have I, towards the Red Sox? Just hate them. Just hate them. I don't okay. know why. I just, I hate them. I hate Mookie and all their little good players and World Series wins and stuff. They whine about being under a curse for years because you gave up the best player in the history of baseball. Just Yeah. Very but, good. <laughs> There's but, a historical aspect to this as well. The Carolina Hurricanes used to be the Hartford Whalers. They used to be in the Adams division, be in the same division with the Boston Bruins. They they faced off three times at, when, when, when they were the Whalers. Whalers versus Bruins used to be in the same division then how about this the Carolina Hurricanes have been a team since 1997 the first time they made the playoffs was 1999 their opponent the Boston Bruins 10 years later 2009 the last time the Hurricanes faced the Bruins the Hurricanes won in seven games 10 years later here we are again every 10 years the Boston Bruins face the Carolina Hurricanes but in the regular season this year the Hurricanes pulled out the Hartford Whalers sweaters, two games against Boston. That upset Jack Edwards, the voice of the team. He got really mad. Oh, you're going to have somebody wear the number 19 when the Whalers had a guy who wore 19 and the number was retired? Huh, shame on you, you and you meddling kids. Seems like a lot of old fogies kind of running the It's, it's Don Cherry, of, yeah. it's Jack Edwards, it's the original six. It's all this faux self-importance that people put on hockey and a way you're supposed to handle yourself in the game that I think is bogus and that I push against. It's a faux sanctity that we see in many areas of sports that I tend to have an issue with. The Hurricanes rail against that with the bunch of jerks and wearing Hartford Whaler sweaters. They've been a lot of fun this year, and our guest in just a little bit represents this a little bit. Jordan Martinook is a social media star. After games, this guy appears on social media apps, and he's usually having a lot of fun. He's pounding ice cream. He's pounding food. He's getting fans fired up. He's high-fiving the pig and fans as he comes onto the ice. But after game four, the the sweeping game of the Islanders, the last game of the four-game sweep, he's at a team party after the game, and he put this up on social media. Celebrating here. So uh, we're just doing a little bit of celebrating here. It's getting a little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. Round three, baby, here we come. The kids are coming. Let's go. Get loud. Come on. How can you root against that guy? I don't know how you can. I, I'm just I'm going to applaud you for this opening segment because I, you know I've been kind of not on the fence with watching the Canes. I just haven't been able to figure out a time to fit them in. Did you schedule. not watch the Canes on Friday night? Uh, no, no, I did not. I, I was keeping track of the score on my iPad. I was doing something else. I think I was working, and then by the time I wanted to come over there, they were up like five to two when it was in third. I was like, oh, okay. Jordan but, Martinook is a lot of fun. It sounds like to me he was singing "Shout" there. I don't think I've ever heard Shout played at a party that wasn't a wedding reception. That mm. is the number one wedding reception song of all time, yes? No. When you're at a wedding reception, there isn't a song that gets people on the floor of all races, colors, and ages than Shout. Dude, Shout's the song. How many weddings have you been to? A lot of weddings. Cupid Shuffle, Electric Slide. Shout's better than both of those songs. Now, the question wasn't was it better. It was it's the most played, right? Like, no, 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 the, no, no. Like no. the most popular wedding song? I said the song? best. I said the best wedding song. Mm. Shouts that, 
Heck, I put Copperhead Road over the two that you said. I don't even know what that is. Copperhead How long Road? have you lived in the South? My whole life. All right. I'll, I'll take wedding song. <laughs> I'll take wedding know. song submissions. 336-777-1600. And we'll ask Jordan Martinook. Yeah, on Twitter, okay. at SportsUpTriad, 336-777-1600. From the law offices of Timothy D. Wellborn Studios, you are listening to The Drive with Josh Graham. I'm Josh, and this is the Sports Hub AM 600, AM 920, 101.5 in Winston-Salem, and 93.7 in Greensboro. So however and wherever you're listening, we appreciate that. You can learn more about Timothy D. Wellborn and what his offices can do for you at timwellborn.com. I, I got to admit, though, what I was saying earlier, you kind of got me geeked to try to check this out. You, you, you carefully painted a picture of hatred and history between the Boston Bruins and the, the Carolina franchise that used to be Hartford. You painted a very nice picture for me because I need something to get up for it. Like, I can't just parachute in two teams I don't really know, but I know I hate Boston. I know I hate that city and everything involved with it. I so. did this last night just pulling Times North Carolina has been at odds with Boston, where North Carolina has had success. I wasn't pulling up Super Bowl 38. Yeah, I, I found yeah. <laughs> Steve Smith answering a question about what he thought of Akib Talib by saying, you're going to have to ask him. He didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. Classic. That's there. The, Of course, 26 years ago, two nights ago, like 26 years ago and two nights a go from today, 1993, was when Alonzo Mourning hit the shot against the Boston Celtics. I remember watching so that. Game. That belongs in this conversation too. I remember Daniel Evans. I forget who the receiver was for NC State. Maybe a Dunlap who made the catch on a Thursday night against Matt Ryan and Boston College 13, 14 years ago. That's something that sticks out. Wake Forest won a three to nothing game where Boston College was driving in the red zone and they didn't know what the heck to do they tried to run it they had no timeouts remaining and they ran out of time in chestnut hill so there are many examples where north carolina's had success against boston including 2009 where scott walker scored in double overtime against the bruins in game seven to send them home and to send the hurricanes to the eastern conference finals i remember i was in a bar in wake forest north carolina and i had a signed hat i had a hurricanes jersey on Signed hat from the 2006 team. The entire team signed the hat. I was wearing sandals. I was so excited that Scott Walker scored the goal. I started sprinting around the restaurant yelling at the top of my lungs. And I I went way over the top to the point where I lost that Stanley Cup signed hat and lost a sandal. Couldn't find both of those. So I walked out with one sandal on and with no hat, a bunch of hat hair. But I could not be happier because the Carolina Hurricanes were advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals, where they're at for the first time since 2009 now, thanks in part to Jordan Martinook and friends. Up next, the biggest clown in sports media this week, and it's not Don Cherry. Keep it here on The Drive. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Ready whenever you are. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham now. The Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. We're now being joined by one of the more charismatic and fun members of the Bunch of Jerks, the Carolina Hurricanes, Jordan Martinook. One thing that I've noticed in going in the locker room during this playoff run and during the season, that it's an older type of music that's played in the locker room. Just in Game 4... I was taking note of the songs I was hearing. I think I heard John Mellencamp's Jack and Diane. I heard some Hall of Notes. I heard some Everybody's Working for the Weekend. So I'm, these are all good songs, but there's an eclectic taste of music in this locker room, which consists of some older guys, but also some guys who were born in the year 2000. So Jordan, I want to get some of this cleared up. Who who exactly is the locker room DJ? I appreciate you being with us. Uh, I I'd say it's probably a mixture of guys, but uh, uh, definitely after the games when uh, we go into the gym, our strength coach kind of takes over, and uh, if uh, nobody and not many people have kind of met Billy, but he's kind of a, a old school kind of rough and tough guy, and um, he puts on he puts on feel good older music, but. Um, I'm kind of a 
I'm a little older, but I'm still on the I'm on the cusp of what kind of genre I listen to. But that's just, the old music is just the good music, and it's it's the music that kind of gets you feeling good. And uh, all those songs are are usually fun for after the game. And uh, I feel like all the '80s songs are sing along songs. And when you're uh, when you're uh, done with a big win, then you want to usually have some fun and uh, sing to some songs, and that's what we do. Do I have it right that you're a Nickelback fan? Huge Nickelback fan. <laughs> no kidding. See, we have a segment that we do every single week where we bring up throwback players in sports, and then we reward people who can tell us a throwback player with this sound. Look at this photograph. Oh, gosh, it's yeah, such a good what song. A jam. <laughs> I, actually, uh, I actually went and seen them uh, last year at the start of last season when I was with Arizona, and uh, then they found out I was a huge fan, and I tweeted at them after a game once, and they told me whenever I want or next next concert I come see them at, I can come sing on stage. But uh, I don't know if uh, any of their fans would really enjoy me singing on stage. But it's a pretty cool offer that they gave me. If you are, let's go, let's go through a couple of quick hitters here because again, I'm not interested in asking you things that are going to be bulletin board material for the Bruins. We're all very excited about the game coming up. But um, tell me this: when you're doing karaoke, what's the song you're choosing? Uh, when I'm doing karaoke, it's I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. Excellent stuff there. Is there somebody on the team who is a better time than you are, or you think if you if you want to, can party as hard as you can? <laughs> um, I think there's a couple closet guys that like to have fun that maybe they just don't show it as much as I do. Um, I know McGinn's a lot of fun. Dahan is a lot of fun. Uh, there's guys that uh, there's guys that are a lot of fun. They just I'm I'm just an out there kind of personality that it shows a little more and the stuff that I do and the stuff that I guess the the Canes people pick up on and but that's just my personality. I'm I'm a big personality and uh, I'm probably the the front runner in the dressing room for keeping it light. So that's uh, yeah. But we have we have a lot of fun guys. You you are certainly the one that keeps things light, Jordan Martinook with us. And we learned this on social media. I have a question about this video here. Let's play a little bit of sound. This is from Jordan Martinook celebrating game four, the sweep over the Islanders. Let's let's listen to a quick quick uh, clip of it, and then I have a quick question about. Celebrating here. So uh, we're just doing a little bit of celebrating here. It's getting a little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. Round three, baby, here we come. The Kings are coming! Let's go! Get loud! Come on! Woo! Yes! Here's the question I have, though, Jordan. Jordan Martin Nook with us here. Uh, You're singing Shout. I don't think I've ever heard the song Shout played anywhere else other than a wedding reception. Oh, yeah, I... Well, that was at my. I played it at my wedding too, and um, it's just uh, I, I I'm kind of like the DJ on the plane. So whenever when we win on the plane, we have a little uh, Bose speaker, JBL speaker. I don't know what it is, but uh, one of the little portable ones that you can kind of take wherever you want. And, uh, I'm like the airplane DJ, and uh, one game I turned that song on, and everybody it's a sing along song, and it was after a big win, and. Um, then we kind of just stuck with it, and uh, when we've had a couple little get-togethers at uh, uh, Dahan's house, and um, we played it every time, and um, his uh, his girlfriend actually stopped the song mid-song on me, and I was I was feeling it, I was dancing, I was singing, and she stopped, she changed it mid-song on me. So then, uh, once we showed up, and I knew I was going to be doing the video, I told her to put my song on and. Uh, we got to do the video with uh, with my song we have played. <laughs> uh, is that a better wedding song than Cupid Shuffle? And uh, what was the other one, Des, that you were bringing up? Des? Uh, uh, the Electric Slide. The Electric Slide. Out, out of those three, what's the best wedding song? Wedding reception. I'm a, I'm a shout guy. Uh, I'm shout through and through. I'm, I'm but, right there uh, with you. I think that's the song yeah. of choice. Jordan Martin Nook's with us here. Earlier today, you didn't practice. Uh, Rod Brindamore, I'm not sure if you know this, Rod Brindamore, he, he used to play with the Flyers, and then he played with the Hurricanes. 17 years ago today, Allen Iverson in Philadelphia said the famous words, we're talking about practice, man. Somebody asked about your injury status, 
and Rod Brindamore, paying homage to AI, said, we're talking about practice, right? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that uh, I don't want to have an incident happen where I heard it more. So um, I'd rather be juiced up for the games and be able to play as hard as I can for the games. And um, to be honest right now, that's all that matters. Nobody's really, nobody's really watching practice or nobody's concerned how hard you're battling in practice. It's just about, about winning games and trying to get to the Stanley cup final. And then obviously compete for the Stanley cup. So um, we uh, it's, is I'm just trying to do as much as I can to try and help this team. And um, if I, if I can be a, better better performer in games without practicing, then I think everybody would take that. We're talking to Canes forward Jordan Martinook, who's getting set for the Bruins, and we just learned that Game 1 is going to be Thursday night, 8 p.m. start. We don't have a start time for Game 2 yet, but that will be out shortly. Game 1 is two nights from now, and Jordan Martinook, the Canes forward, with us here. Speaking of your coach, Rod Brindamore, the videos that the Canes put out after the games when he addresses you guys in the locker room, the thing that always sticks out to me the first thing he starts every message with is, thank you. And I cover a lot of sports, the Panthers, ACC teams, and we hear coaches address their teams. I can't think of a coach who's been as intentional in thanking his guys for their effort than him. You've played in the NHL for a long time. What makes him unique to play for? Um, um, just One of the reasons is exactly what you're saying. He, he cares about each guy like, we're his kids, which is, I don't I know some people think that's a weird thing to say, but um, for a coach to um, have so much trust and respect in you, but then um, for each guy to respect him as much as each guy on our team respects Roddy, um, it's a, it's a, it's a very good formula. And um, I think everybody, everybody on our team wants to play so hard for Roddy and um, just the way that he comes to work every day, knowing that you're, you're, he cares about each guy so much and he wants you to be successful in whatever you're doing and um, that's just something that uh, I, you don't see a lot you, you see like the hard coaches and then you see the, the coaches that are trying to be buddy buddy with you but Roddy has like got that fine line where he can he can kind of play both sides and then uh, he, demand, he earns and demands the respect out of each guy which um, each guy gives him above and beyond so uh, you can't say enough good things about that guy. He's been, as a rookie head coach, he has been incredible. I know he gives a lot of credit to his assistant coaches, which are also, um, I can't say enough good things about Dino and JD. They're, they're, uh, they're helping him along the way, but those, those three together and obviously our video coaches, they're, they're all great. And, um, it's just been a very good fit for everybody on our team. And we're just a, we're a big family. I know it's cliche, but that's exactly what we are. Well, we wish you the best of luck. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And on the way out, just for you, we're going to send you out the way that you deserve to be sent out with a little bit of this. Look at this photograph. <laughs> Jordan, thanks for doing this. Best of luck Thursday night. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. You got it. That's Jordan Martinook, Carolina Hurricanes. Forward. Big Nickelback fan. And somebody who's on my side of the sand when it comes to the best wedding song, you gave Cupid Shuffle. You threw out there. The uh, electric slide. Electric slide before all of that stuff. Give me shout. I'm taking shout over all of that. I think the movie that changed the game was Wedding Crashers that made that song such a wedding reception anthem. See, I was gonna. Is that a white people thing? Because uh, oh no, because I don't. We don't really hear shout. We don't hear that version of shout at black weddings. There's an Isley Brothers original version of shout that does not go that way. That might play. I went. I've been to a couple of athletes' weddings, mm-hmm. former college players' athletes. I don't have to say who. Went, went there, and uh, both weddings had shout, and it's not a racial thing. There's some things we look at there is a racial divide on, such as, just such as beer sh- uh, shower beers. <laughs> Apparently, that's not a thing in the black community <laughs> as it is for no. us white folk here. I think we just learned white that males. on the show. Huh? I, don't even, I don't even put white women in that. I think it's just white males that do the shower beer thing. That's not true either. <laughs> Apparently, white women drink wine in the shower. Oh, well, that's that's classier. So that's a little different. That's saving time. That's something we've learned. <laughs> but shout! It's not cultural. It's the best wedding song. It See, just is. The electric slide. 
every time I've heard electric slide, even at like a, a like a, a family wedding or something that has other cultures there, they rush to the floor. It's like hearing get low or something at the club like oh like oh that's my jam and they because you get directions it's jordan martin looks it. uh jam i don't know if he's the expert but he, he made his lady <laughs> replay the song for the video uh, i don't know if he's the wedding song but we really appreciate him through injury yeah. and through getting ready for the boston brew and spending some time on this show he's great to deal with in the locker room he's a great follow on twitter follow him at marty man 17 let the guy know how much you enjoyed him because again we enjoy uh, we appreciate the people who support this show and, and visit on this show, and you, you should shoot him a follow at MartyMan17 and wish him the best of luck and follow the Hurricanes, of course, Thursday night as the Bruins host the Hurricanes Thursday at 8 p.m. for Game 1 of a Best of 7 Eastern Conference Final. We've got two big show announcements for later this week that we're going to share with you next on The Drive. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. We need to talk. 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 This is The Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. The lowest form of communication. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. So we got to a couple of show announcements. Thursday night, I'll be throwing the first pitch out at the Winston-Salem Dash game. We gave away a couple tickets to that game. Michael already writes in here, and a couple others have things to say on Twitter. Someone saying, have some balls and submarine it like Dan Quisenberry. I love the late Dan Quisenberry, but I don't think I'm going to do that. I'll try and throw a strike, and if they let me throw in the mound, I'll do that. But we'll see how that goes. Also, Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, will join us at about this time tomorrow. Speaking of the Panthers, our good friend with the Panthers Radio Network, the voice of the Panthers, Mick Mixon, now joins us here on Sports Hub Triad. See, I always love talking to you about the Panthers, but we can really talk about anything. It's been a while since we've chatted. I've turned into a half-decent piano player over the years. I know you're big on music, too. We should jam sometime, I think, Mick. Oh, gosh, that would be great. Uh, the, the, uh, you could sit in with one of my uh, now-defunct bands, uh, bring us back to life. I uh, I love the Jackson Five. I want you back. I love that intro coming in. So, um, and you're throwing out the first pitch. My, this is a this is a lot a lot to digest here in the first sixty seconds of our visit. I, I think I think I should go for it. I think I'm going to try and throw a strike. I don't think you should lollipop it in there. I think y- if you're going to do it, you got to go for it. Isn't is that the same mentality you'd share? Oh, of course I would. If I mean, if you had the choice between throwing one in there, gas on the black, knocking a little chalk out of that catcher's mitt, and then having a lifetime of rotator cuff and labral tear issues, you would probably most most men would choose. Let me just throw that fastball right down the chute one time, even if it meant uh, rheumatoid arthritis and uh, being in a sling and having to get ice for the next part of your life. Speaking of. Your love of music, you also mentioned the Jackson 5. I always like your perspective on music. So whether it be Michael Jackson or Kate Smith, who's the singer that recently had God Bless America, her rendition not going to be played anymore at Yankee Stadium or Flyers games because of uh, a satirical song that didn't date well from the 30s. Well, what do you make of us going back into history and choosing what's acceptable to like or play anymore from a music perspective? Well... I think that I what I make of it is that uh, change is, is hard. Change can be difficult. I'm sure that people did and said things. Let's not even talk about Kate Smith and the offensive lyrics of that song that I, I heard on the news the other night. Mm-hmm. And I thought, my golly, it's hard to run that through the filter of of now because the 1930s really – in, in human history, that was five minutes ago. Right. But should, I guess the question I had with Kate, with the Kate Smith rendition was, isn't it, I mean, this, isn't it time for something else anyway? I mean, do we, hadn't that been done enough? Can't we just let that, let that rest and put that to bed and start a new tradition and have somebody else just shake it up, modernize it a little bit. But 
Also, Josh, you and I both know you carry a microphone, a tape recorder around. You, 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 you may blog or tweet or email or whatever. That the statute of limitations on a misstep is the rest of your life. And in the case of Kate Smith, beyond the rest of her life. Yeah. So you got to try to cho- choose wisely. It, it is interesting. I mean, we do this with athletes too. You know as well as anybody when, when we, we, we dig up athletes' tweets from when they were teenagers, 12, 13, 14 years ago, and they have to apologize for things that were said back then that might not even have been offensive back then. And we're attaching today's sensibilities and how we feel on things to uh, to the past, 10, 15 years ago. And I don't, I don't know what the line is, but I find that to be an interesting discussion. Yeah, let me share this with you. When I, soon after I moved to Charlotte, one of my former students, Arden McLaughlin, she was working for the Charlotte Literacy Council. And she called me up, and she always called me Professor Mixon from the time at, at Carolina. That's kind of cute, but... Um, she said, "She said, Professor Mason, will you read? I'm doing this, this, this. I'm getting the local weather uh, gal. I'm getting the local news person. I'm getting you. I'm getting athletes, coaches. I'm getting all these people in Charlotte. The mayor. Everybody's going to read a chapter of a book. Would you read a chapter of the book for the little kids, and then they can listen to you read it and spread the word about literacy? That's a slam dunk. Yes, right. So I said, Arden, sure, I'd be honored. So, but the book turns out to be." To Kill a Mockingbird, and point to any chapter in To Kill a Mockingbird. Chapter 19 was the chapter Arden had assigned to me, and you'll find um, you'll find words, and you'll find one word in particular yeah. that would make you profoundly uncomfortable, as it did me. I said, Arden, I can't do it, and I won't do it. She said, well, it's for li- it's literature. I said, maybe, but all somebody would have to do would be to say, the voice of the Carolina Panthers, that Mick Mixon, he's prejudiced, and here, let me play you proof. And then they could play just me in my voice saying four words from reading it into a tape. On And I hate the world is this way. But I didn't create this culture, nor did you, but we exist in it. And so... Um, so I had to um, I had to bow out. You had me thinking about a funny story that you told me one time. You you said that you and your band had to play in a wedding. What the song lyrics that are just uns- that a wife or that a bride shake rattle and roll shake rattle and roll. <laughs> I dare you to I dare you to pull up the lyrics of shake rattle and roll, and particularly the second verse. And imagine that you you play drums in a band, and that this bride and her, that she wants this to be her and her uh, her husband's uh, first dance. Well, Slay me. Well, we'll get to that a little bit later on. Mick Mixon, the voice of the Panthers, is with us here. And since you're here, the Hall of Honor was announced this week, and or a, a an addition to it. Sam Mills, the only former player that was a part of the Hall of Honor, and we learned that. Kind of just three different eras of Panthers football going to be represented with Wesley Walls, Jordan Groves, Jake DeLome, and Steve Smith being a part of this uh, most recent class that was announced. You covered three of those players' playing days, Gross, DeLome, and Smith. I wonder, in Steve Smith's case, how much you've enjoyed the rekindling of the Panthers' relationship with 89. Uh, a lot, I think. Uh, my, my, my bride, my wife really doesn't know football. Her son, my son by marriage, he played high school football. So Donnie, I, my wife's name is Dawn. I call her Donnie. Donnie's been to a ton of games, sat in the stands, cheered. You know, she knows a touchdown from a coin toss. But she, like many women, her moral compass points only to are you – are you competitive to the point of being combative? And do you appear to be a good guy off the field? Even if you've made some mistakes, do you have the, do you appear to be contrite? Do you appear to be humble at the right times, et cetera? So Steve Smith, for reasons only my wife could explain to you, she, she would buy, she would sit in the stands, sit through the rain, uh, come to an event just to see him, just to watch him play, just to, just to, just to get a, a a, a, a minute or two with him. She admired him, so therefore, uh, that's all you need to know about that. And 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 I think that Smitty, because of his memory of of any slight, this is the way he was in his career, Josh. You remember this? Mm-hmm. Any slight 
and if there wasn't a slight, he would invent one so that every drill, every game, every play could be personal to him. So this was personal to him that he felt slighted by the Panthers. So to kiss and make up in this way is incredible because he belongs in the fold. You never slighted Steve Smith, did you? No, not to where uh, <laughs> he could ever find out about. I used to love interviewing him. Uh, he, he, we had a, a with Steve Smith, so my job required of me that I interview Steve every uh, for every, before every game. And the, one of the things I love most about '89 is that he would allow me to ask him anything. For example, he's a man of deep faith. So one time I said, Steve, I said, how do you reconcile your your faith your faith based worldview? your biblical worldview, how do you reconcile that with the violent, combative nature of your line of work and how you approach it? And I kind of hoped that he wouldn't get mad at me for asking that, but quite the contrary. He, he, he was extremely eloquent in his response. He said, essentially, I would rather follow Jesus and be wrong than the other way around. I thought that was kind of interesting. That is a very interesting response. It reminds me of something we heard from the father of a recent Panthers draft pick, Will Greer. Um, Chad Greer uh, joined us last week, an East Carolina graduate who was behind Jeff Blake 30 years ago in an offense that was coordinated by Mark Rick. And he he was talking about his faith too. And Will Greer has been such a big part of the conversation since the draft. I wonder what you made of the Panthers going quarterback as early as they did. Nothing really. There's nothing to be made of it other than Will Greer's uh, look like tremendous value at that pick. You need uh, you need trigger men, and if you can if you can get one in as the number one overall pick, if you can get one in the middle rounds, if you can get one on the street, if you can get one as a free agent, then you got to get him. Will Greer being a local kid. He's already 24. He's got a wife. He's got a daughter. He's got a 401k. He's got a beard. He's he looks like a man. He looks like he's ready to go. And I think he'll work hard to feed his family. And he and Cam already have apparently gotten off to a very sporting start. Saying, and "I love Cam's words, Josh. You could not script. You get a team of PR people to write Cam's." initial salvo to Will Greer, and you couldn't do any better than Cam did when he said, looking forward to to working with you. We're going to make each other better. People would blame Cam Newton if he didn't answer it that way. He did answer it very well. Um, But I I think it would be understandable if if he didn't like it. If it's a third-round pick that you feel could draft somebody to help the team. We saw Ben Roethlisberger have that concern when the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph last year. But to your point, Cam, Cam did answer it very well. You know, it's the NFL. Whether you liked or disliked Steve Smith's spirited rant on uh, the NFL Network on the whole Josh Allen thing, did you see Josh that? Rosen? Josh Rosen, yeah. Sorry, There's so too many Josh Allens and Josh Rosen and Josh Graham. It's just too much. That's right. But whether you agree or disagree with that, you can't. I don't think you can disagree with the the ecosystem that is the NFL. Someone is coming for your job every day of every season. That's just the way it is. And if you can't handle it, if you can't take it, then you certainly nobody's super gluing your rear end to the to the to the to the gig. Um, you're certainly free to go sell insurance or teach gym or try to get a real estate license. Well Mick, I'm looking forward to figuring out figuring out who's gonna be your radio wife this year. Desmond Johnson's my radio wife and being my producer here and, and hooking me up, or maybe it's the other way around. We're, we'll try and figure that out at a later time. But uh, you had many great years with Eugene Robinson. We'll figure out who's in that chair in a few weeks, I hope. Oh, it's going to be exciting, and I uh, can't wait to, uh, to learn about it myself and then share it with you. Mick, thanks for doing this, man. We need to chat more often. Always a pleasure. Call me anytime. You got it. That's Mick Mixon, voice of the Panthers. We were talking about a father-bride dance. Mick Mixon was in a band at a wedding. This is a song that they requested. Who sings Shake, Rattle, and Roll? Uh, this was originally done by Bill Haley and the Comets. Bill Haley and the Comets 
So it's likely a song from the 50s, I'd yeah, imagine. Yeah, it's from the 50s. Give me, just give me the first four or five lines of Shake, Rattle, and Roll. Um, well, and we'll see if it holds up well today. Get out from that kitchen and rattle those pots and pans. Get out from that kitchen and rattle those pots and pans. <laughs> well, roll my breakfast because I'm a hungry man. <laughs> I said shake, rattle, and roll. Shake, rattle, and roll. Shake, rattle, and roll. <laughs> I said shake, rattle, and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I could see why that didn't date too well. That's not even the verse he was talking about. You saying the, uh, the second verse is the one he was nervous Can we about read singing. the second verse? Yeah, it's not really like. Yeah. All right. Give me, give me the second verse of Shake, Rattle, and Roll. All right. <clears throat> it's a toe tapper. Wearing those dresses, your hair done up so nice. Wearing those dresses, your hair done up so nice. You look so warm, but your heart is cold as ice. Oh, my God. So he had to play that during a wedding <laughs> that the bride requested? Yeah. <laughs> I guess they did. There's not a lot of, I mean, honestly, the whole song is like six lines. They just keep repeating over and over. So I guess it's the groove. I guess it's the the guitar that makes it. Yeah, it might It might be. <laughs> it might be that. Or it might be a Migos song. Up next, <laughs> what I saw last night. That leads me to believe the Warriors are going to fall. This is The Drive. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. What is going on? What is going on? Talk. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. The The Sports Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. We'll hang out with David Glenn in a little over 10 minutes. Our early afternoon host will join us. I've fallen in love with the producer of this show, Desmond Johnson's new found impression of Los Angeles Clippers coach Doc Rivers. Austin in Winston-Salem wants in on my first pitch a couple days from now at the Winston-Salem Bash game. He has a tip to give me very quickly. Then we'll get to the Hurricanes and Bruins. The Eastern Conference Finals will start Thursday night in Boston. Austin, what do you got for me? What tip? I have three for you. One is actually kind of two together. you got to remember to flick your wrist and to point, essentially point your fingers where you want the ball to go. All right. That's all right. the first thing. Okay, noted. Two, two, don't try to throw it harder than you need to. Try too hard, it's not going to go where you want it to go. That's good advice. Three. And, oh, three. Three, practice. Thank you. Try home. All right. Thank you, Austin. That, you know, that's an excellent point. Can you practice at home between now and Thursday? Uh, I think I can. We'll have to make that happen. Do a little bit of practicing. Last year, I, I threw a first pitch out. It went well. It was a little high and outside, but I, I, I turned out just fine. And... In terms of the other stuff, I mean, don't try too hard. That's that's advice that we can apply to many aspects of life. Don't don't try too hard in many different areas. The Carolina Hurricanes are facing the Boston Bruins, as I mentioned. And they're facing who I believe to be the most hated player in the NHL. His name is Brad Marchand. Every time they put out some of these lists, he appears on it. And I have a feeling... Things are going to be combustible at some point in this series. There's going to be a point where bad blood begins to boil because the Hurricanes, they don't back down from a fight. They they didn't when Jordan Martinook was was slamming Islanders in game four. They didn't when Alex Oveshkin wanted to drop gloves with Andrei Svechnikov. They didn't when Warren Fogle was physical with TJ Oshie. They weren't when... Dougie Hamilton responded to Brock Nelson patting Curtis McElhaney on the head by doing the same thing in the bleeping handshake line. The Hurricanes are a defensive, physical team. They're not going to back down to the Bruins. They're not going to put up with Brad Marchand's bleep. Same thing from Wes McAvoy, who got thrown out of a game last night, or should have, I should have said. Should have gotten thrown out, and he might be suspended for Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals for what many people agree was a dirty hit. Why is Brad Marchand so hated? Well, he'll grind and he'll he'll be pesty and talk trash. Last week, 
there was a player that was down on his knees, and when nobody was looking, he just sucker punched him in the back of the head. Then he does things like this. Last night, the game ends. They just won the series. Should be happy, right? There's a television reporter from Canada that's interviewing him on the ice. And let's just say things didn't go great. You said after the third game of the series, there's no panic in the room. What can you say about the way your group handled the next three games and ultimately advancing to the conference final? We did a good job. No, Tuka Rask was saying, this core isn't getting any younger. What do you make of the opportunity that lies ahead of you? It's been fun. So I see where this is going here. I'll ask you one more about your line. It got back together. You had said the chances over there were just starting to bury it these last few games. What kind of zone are you three in? We're good. Thanks. Well, that was worth it, Jim. Give me just the thanks, isolated. Have you ever heard a more insincere thanks on television than this from the television reporter who asked three questions and in response got eight words from Brad Marchand? We're good. Thanks. 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 It's like the kid in the viral video that opens up a Christmas present and it turns out to be an avocado and says, oh, it's an avocado. Thanks. In this instance, I don't blame the TV reporter. You're not supposed to do that, but I understood what he was feeling. No, Brad Marchand, it was a waste of his time. It really was. He showed him up a little bit. And then he showed up the rest of the media that met him in his locker. He didn't stop. Being petty. This isn't Marshawn Lynch who's just upset not wanting to talk to the media. This is just Brad Marshawn screwing with the media. He's smiling during the entire thing. Give me the full cut. Give me the entire post-game press conference. This is after the game in the locker room. Brad Marchand at his locker meeting reporters. That's way to describe what we do this way. Great. Care to elaborate? Nope. Would you guys be here? Without the way he's played, do you think? No. How much energy can you guys play off of whenever he's making stops like that? A lot. Did uh, the Tuka look dented to you? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> Why the short answers, Brad? Next. How good does it feel? Uh, it's been a while since you guys have been in the conference finals. How good does it feel to be back? It's good. Where'd you get that out? China. What was the difference for being down 2 1 in the series to winning the last three? We won. When Tuka is probably the way he does that help you guys at the time in terms of what you're doing? Yeah, what time? Do you uh, have a bet on how few words you're going to say in this? Maybe. <laughs> What's been able to separate the way you guys have played on the road in the playoffs? I don't know. Anybody say anything interesting to you in the handshake line? Nope. Is this one of the more solid professional wins that you've had in the postseason? Not really, but it's a good one. What do you think about Carolina? Good. Will you be happy to get a rest? Yes. You happy to not hear the cannon tonight? Yes. You feeling a little crispy tonight? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Just because. Thanks, Thanks Marshall. <laughs> 15, or make it 25 questions, giving you 39 words. How about that? That's efficiency from ba- Brad Marchand. And, man... Boston's just the perfect villain for the NHL. The perfect villain. The Hurricanes, they are the lovable small market underdogs. Boston, they're the original six big city bullies in a city that's won 12 titles since 2002 with dirty players. The Hurricanes, what do they have? No stars but a pig. They have a pig, and they haven't been to the playoffs in nine seasons. They're a bunch of jerks only because some curmudgeon in Canada says so because they have too much fun. This guy, the Bruins actually consist of real jerks. The Hurricanes are just jerks because they have too much fun. Let's go to James and Clemens. James, you're on the Sports Hub. What what do you got on Brad Marchand? My question is, who else in Boston does the exact same thing? (laughs) Bill Belichick. (laughs) He's taking notes from, yeah, I guess it's worked. Verbatim, that's the kind of thing he does. And the other thing about Marshawn is if you watch him play at the end of every quarter, 
he will start something, and then the referee will come over and basically take care of him. So I don't know if he pays them to do that, but he'll start a fight, and then the referees will take him away while his other teammates come over and beat on the person. I, do, I hate that guy. I do like the, the Belichick comparison. Thank you, James. You have the Doc Rivers impression. I'll do some Bill Belichick. Let, let's break down this hockey game coming up on Thursday, and I'll do so as Belichick. Doc, what, what, what's your thought on 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 Thursday night, the Carolina Hurricanes' chances against the Bruins? Well, it's going to be tough. I know for starters, they're going to have to play some defense out there. We can't win anything without playing a little bit of defense, but maybe you should ask my buddy Bill here what he thinks we should do while well, I go back here and coach the Clippers. Well, I mean, we're, we're, we're on to... We're on to Boston, and uh, they're a good team. And I, uh, I mean, what do you want me to say? I mean, Doc, I mean, they're a good team. I mean, they got LeBron. They got LeBron. The Bruins have LeBron. So what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to guard them? They, I mean, they, I don't know. They, they don't have LeBron. LeBron plays for oh. the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron doesn't play for the no. Bruins. No, no. They, they have Marchon. How do they win? How do they, they get to? They have a Charon. They have Tuka Rask. And I, West I, McAvoy. I, I don't understand it. I don't. I don't understand how they won without LeBron. If you got LeBron out there, you're going to win everything, and you mm-hmm. got to play tight defense. Mm-hmm. But we didn't do that today, so I, I don't know. I'm Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the drive is brought to you in part by our friends at Twin Peaks Restaurant. <laughs> if you like great food, delicious beer, and uh, scenic views, Twin Peaks they have all those things. Haynes Mall Boulevard in Winston Salem. Doc, do you like uh, Twin Peaks at all? I love Twin Peaks. I love beer. I love it. I need some right now. Doc Rivers. The show next. I'm hurt, dog. Hell no. Come on. This is The Sports Hub at AM 600, AM 920. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. mad with Don Cherry, the voice of the Bruins, Jack Edwards, who was mad at the Hurricanes for whaling, uh, wearing Whaler jerseys during the regular season. How mad would they be if the Hurricanes just brought them out either game three or game four late this week, early next week? That would be the best thing, I think, for this team that's railed against the establishment and against norms all year long with the bunch of jerks and the storm surge and all of that. David Glenn has been at every postseason game, as have I. DG's been on the glass, though, as he's been all season long and has been throughout this entire 10-year drought, maybe even longer than that. DG, now with us on the show, our early afternoon host, spending some time with us. Should the Hurricanes troll Cherry and Edwards and all of the detractors and wear Whaler colors for a game? How great would that be? <laughs> I think it would be fun, Josh. It's good to be with you again. My bottom line, though, would be this, if I were in that decision-making room. Let's do what's best for us first. In other words, let's not do anything just as a reaction to Don Cherry or any other outsider, because that gives them too much credit. That gives them too much power. But if it's good for us, you know, and our guys like wearing those jerseys, or we can get some extra T-shirt sales by adding – front-running to the bunch of jerks t-shirts that we sold out of earlier this season as long as it really starts with you the canes thinking it's a great idea well then i'm all about turning don charity or anybody else's negativity into the hurricanes being able to up their bottom line i really do feel like this is the perfect conference finals matchup for the nhl you have original six franchise versus untraditional hockey market that has a, a, a great following right now, record attendance at these games because they haven't been to the playoffs in the last 10 years. You have a lovable, small, small market underdog versus, again, one of the original six teams, big city, a city that has 12 championships to boot in the last 17 years collectively among the major four sports. They're bullies when you consider the, the backgrounds of Wes McAvoy, who had the big hit last night, probably should have been kicked out of the game might miss game one if the NHL chooses to take action. Brad Marchand, we played some of the sound from him uh, last night. There wasn't much to play. He was being short Marshawn Lynch style with reporters. 
This really does feel like, DG, truly a good guys versus the villains matchup. How do you view it? Were I channeling my Brad Marchand, I might just say, yes, Josh, and leave it right there. <laughs> We're fine. But since you're, looking for a, <laughs> since you're looking for a longer answer, I'll go almost as far as you go. I would not say it's an ideal matchup for the NHL because can you imagine, you know, the star power of Ovechkin and last year's Stanley Cup champions against another huge market in Boston and a star-powered Bruins lineup? Can you imagine, you know, Sidney Crosby and the Penguins, which have a huge following against, you know, the Bruins? So I don't think the NHL will say it's ideal, but in most years, the NHL would dread having the Canes going this far. And in this year, they don't dread that because of some of the things you already said. And for beyond hockey reasons, Bunch of Jerks was an international headline. Front-running Jerks is an international headline now. The upset of the Capitals made the Canes relevant. And one more important thing, practically speaking, if you look at the Canes' playoff numbers to this point, they're not looking like a little engine that could a story of overachievers. They're getting great numbers in the markets where you would predict, including ours here in North Carolina. But their overall numbers into seven figures for viewers uh, are ranking with some of the other more popular series. So you wouldn't have bet on that with the small market, non-traditional market hurricanes. They've already shown they're at draw in more ways than one. The world needs more of an eyeful of an all-star Sebastian Ajo from the regular season. He actually played in the all-star game. But also a guy like Jacob Slavin, who should be in the all-star game by now on defense for the Canes. Or a guy like Peter Mrazek, who's getting healthy again and has been playing almost as well as any other goaltender down the stretch and in the playoffs. So there's a lot of reasons to justify your statement. And I think the NHL is mostly feeling great about this Canes-Bruins matchup for the Eastern Conference title. Who's a bigger clown in the last week? Don Cherry from Hockey Night in Canada or Paul Pierce, who said that the Celtics-Bucks series was over after the Celtics won game one, only to see the Bucks win three in a row? i got to go with Paul Pierce as the bigger clown, and here's why. Don Cherry is a clown and dresses like a clown and has clown-like qualities in many ways short of a big nose and big shoes to go with his Star Wars Stormtrooper jacket and other shenanigans. We don't see his shoes, the, by the way. We don't know, we don't know right. that for sure. <laughs> the starting point for Don Cherry is actually genuine. So when he hated the storm surge and the bunch of jerks comment, that was coming from a genuine place. Now, he knows he has the reputation of the hockey curmudgeon and being opinionated and being petty about ridiculous things, and he plays it up the way a WWE-style wrestling villain would play things up. But at least his starting point is, A, a matter of opinion. Some people like old-school celebrations of touchdowns where you just hand it to the official, the football. Others like backflips in the end zone. And, you know, Billy White Shoes Johnson doing his dance in the end zone. So Don Cherry has an old-school curmudgeonly opinion, and then he just exaggerates it from there. Paul Pierce was just flat-out idiotic. I mean, it's an opinion, but it's an uneducated overreaction to a small sample size opinion. So at least Don Cherry's coming from a better starting point. Paul Pierce has been around too long to make that sort of mistake and overreact to the last thing you just saw, one game in a seven-game series. It's ridiculous, and especially if you watch the Celtics play during the regular season. So I'll go Pierce over Cherry as the bigger clown, although they might both be with the traveling circus. Well, we're talking about a lot of very important things with David Glenn, our early afternoon host, who you can follow on Twitter at David Glenn Show and listen to right here on the Sports Hub, noon to three, every single afternoon right here on the Sports Hub. Let's let's start with Jordan Martinook, who was a guest on this show a little bit earlier on today. He might be the most fun and charismatic member of the Hurricanes. (laughs) There was a video of him after Game 4 at a post-game celebration, and he was singing the song Shout. Des, do you still have this audio, by the way? Jordan Martinook singing at the at the Game 4 <laughs> celebration. They won the game. Jordan Martinook told us he was hosting this party. Here's some sound from the Jordan Martinook celebration after the game on Friday. Celebrating here. So uh, we're just doing a little bit of celebrating here. It's getting a little bit softer now. 
A little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. Round three, <laughs> baby. Here we come. The Kings are coming. Let's go. Get loud. Come on. Yes. So that, that's a little taste of it. But the song he was singing was Shout. And I don't think, and I brought this up to Jordan, I don't think I ever heard Shout played outside of the context of a wedding reception party. He said that's his jam, and he was just getting into it until his wife turned it off. So he had to replay the song, and then he started shooting the video there. <laughs> Usually you do hear it at wedding receptions. Uh, some brides, by the way, banned that song at their wedding reception. Really? is not big on shout. But I, I used my veto power to make sure that it was included at our wedding reception 21 years ago. So we slid that under the wire, and we all danced to that one. Uh, but Martinook is a card, man. There's an old Native, America, a Native American saying, dance as if nobody is watching. Like, that's a way to go through life. Dance as if nobody is watching. Jordan Martinook lives his life by that motto. There's no doubt about it. He's just transparent and real and authentic and genuine, and he has fun. He doesn't apologize for his style. There's nothing rude about it. There's nothing inappropriate about it. There's nothing disrespectful about it. But that guy, A, knows how to have fun. B, would play through, you know, rabies or, you know, a broken leg, and it's only a slight exaggeration what he has played through. He's just fun, and he's not one of the probably 15 most talented guys on the team, seriously. But he means a lot to that locker room. Rod Brendamore raves about how he helps camaraderie with his leadership and his sense of humor. So it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to win the Stanley Cup, and Jordan Martinook has his own unique place in that village. He's also a big fan of Nickelback and said one time he was invited Maybe to sing on stage with Nickelback one of these times. So nice, pretty good stuff well, we from could Jordan all Martin. That, right? Yeah, rank rank these wedding reception songs in order: Shout, Ooh. Cupid Shuffle, Electric Slide. What was the second one? Cupid Shuffle. Um, I'm going to go Shout first by a lot. Agreed. And you could put the other two in either order. <laughs> David Glenn with us here on the drive. In a couple weeks, you're going to be heading down here to Winston-Salem. We had a winner from our, our, our March Madness Tournament Challenge, and we'll get to watch some Dash Baseball together and with some of our listeners. But in, in two days from now, I'm going to be throwing the first pitch out at a Dash game Thursday night. And I, and I wonder what advice you have for me here. I'm, I'm not going to throw a cutter. I'm not going to try no. and be Bob Gibson. I, I'm not going to do any of that. But I, I think if you're given the option, you got to go on the I would. It is the bold thing to do. Uh, now, did you play? I forget how, how much you played baseball, if at all. Oh, DG. I played for one year of high school baseball, and our team maybe won one or two games. At one point, <laughs> we, played, we played a very good school in Raleigh, and it was 25 to nothing in the first inning, and they just said, you can bat now. <laughs> and the rest of all the right. game, they were trying to bat switch hitting. That's all they wanted I've to do. I've thrown out a lot of I've thrown out a lot of first pitches. So here's a starting point: don't build expectations. That's one. Oh, I'm no. just obnoxious enough that I talked about being a pitcher for 20 years. So of course everybody expects me to throw a perfect strike, unnecessarily building up the expectations. And I usually add pressure on myself. I, I, I my goal. This is hard to document, but my goal was to be the first guest first pitcher ever to throw a curveball for the first pitch because everybody either throws a fastball or a changeup. So I don't know if I was the first, but I've done that a few times, and that tends to be harder to control. So stick with, you know, more of a good, solid fastball. And then my only other piece of advice would be similar to the advice I'd give you if you were giving, like, a best man's toast or something of that sort. Don't improvise. Think about it before you get out there in two ways. One, as you said, on the mound or in front of the mound. Two, just warm up a little bit and fiddle with your hand position. I'm not kidding about this. Some people throw with the laces, some or the stitches rather, and some throw across the stitches. You're either one of those, and you may have forgotten from your childhood days. So throw a few fastballs across the stitches and throw a few with them and see how they feel and then adopt that when you're out there. And I promise you, if you aim for, like, the catcher's chest 
I don't know if he'll be he'll be down in a crouch or whatever. If you aim for his chest, if he's standing, he'll you'll be fine. And if he's down, you know, just aim for his face mask, and you'll be fine. Excellent advice. Great description too. Exactly. Gotta have a game plan, Josh. Yeah. You don't just show up and you don't just show up and turn on the microphone at three o'clock, right? You prepare for your show. You got to Wait, prepare for your first. Pitch. What are you talking about? You you don't just show up <laughs> at noon. Huh. Well, what's this you preparation? Sound like Brad Marshad, if you did. <laughs> well, that's a perfect way to tie a bow. Exactly in what we did Thursday night, eight o'clock. It is Bruins. It is Hurricanes. DG, we will see you in these parts. In a few weeks from now, always appreciate your insight each and every week. Thanks for doing this as always, buddy. It's always fun, bud, and I'm looking forward to my trip out to Winston-Salem to see that Dash game with you and your listeners. No doubt. You got it. That's David Glenn. Follow him on Twitter, at David Glenn Show. Best wedding song, best wedding reception song. Jordan Martinook's all in on Shout, and so is David Glenn. We didn't ask Mick Mixon this question. We probably should have. He instead told us about a time he was playing in a band and had to play for a bride and her father's dance, Shake, Rattle, and Roll, which has very suggestive lyrics in it. Yeah, I think all of you are wrong, but you know what I mean. So what do you think is the best one? The Cupid Shuffle is oh. really going to be the first one on your list? No, Electric Slide. It's timeless, it's classic, and it has instructions in it. It's for people that can't dance. Like it, it'll, it'll tell you what to do. Actually, Cupid Shuffle has instructions in it, too. It's just one of those move to the left. Move to the right, slide. Take it back there now. Yeah. Now clap your hand. I mean, everybody knows it. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows the song. Wait that's where minute. you know it from. I think you're not talking about the electric slide. Not the electric. Well, the electric slide, yes, but the song we just did was not the electric slide. No, no, that no. Was, uh, you were describing a totally different song. Yeah, that's, uh, I just did what you did yesterday. with the It's the something thing. boogie. Uh, you don't even know the name of the song not you're alleging is the best. Well, no, no, not that one. The electric slide, I can't sing it. There, you know, there's words to it. Boogie, 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 and, and then it's, yeah. No, it's, it's not. Le- yeah, that's the electric slide. Yeah, that's that's the, not as good <laughs> as shout. Where, <laughs> I mean, you get low. And a little bit louder now. And a little bit louder now. It's just, shout is just. No. <laughs> it's so basic. I can't do it. Now, that song does come on in pretty much every wedding I'm at, but. And, Jar- and Jordan Martinook's house. Yeah, and Jordan Martinook's house. But Cupid Shuffle, like literally, that that song is like 10 years old, and it's still played as if it's on urban radio today, like at weddings. Like it's, that's the one where it's like, uh, Which you one? know, uh, Cupid Shuffle. That's the one where the, guy, the, the DJ is basically giving you instructions like during the... That song can't be 10 years old. Oh, it's got to be by now. No, no, was, no. I, I think it has to be older than 10 years old. I want to say when I got married that it was relatively new. And I got married it's gotta in, in, in 07. It's got to be about at least 15 years. Uh, 2007. Came out 2007. So, so yeah, we, we I split got married right in the middle. Yeah, I got married in 07. And that, that was one of the songs played at my, uh, at my, uh, my wedding. And like, I, As for the first pitch... I think, I think you got to go for it. I think I got to try and throw a fastball, and just heat one right in there. Mm. But when one of our callers said not to throw it as hard as you think you need. Oh to. no, no, just throw, just throw a fastball right in there. I'd like to see you do like a changeup or like a curveball or something fancy. I, I can't do that. I don't even know how to do that. Can you do like a splitter, like with the with the you could do the thing with the knuckles? I wasn't a pitcher. Oh, that's right. You played what left field, right bench. <laughs> That's where I was. What do you got in our ticket to the house stories today? I've gone through a couple of different stories today, trying to decide which one to do, and I decided to go with the one that kind of irritated me the most, and it has to do with a sequel. Well, maybe not even a sequel, a spinoff of a very popular summer movie franchise that's replaced all the stars in it, and it's coming out this June. So I'm gonna make everybody as irritated with this as I am. All right, we take it to the house next. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no!